0: Hi, a quick word from our sponsor. Uber is a fantastic way to get around the city and now our Swedish listeners can try this for free and support Varvitt International at the same time. Great, huh? Well, I think so too. And Uber is so much more futuristic than regular taxis. Here's what you do. You download the free Uber app from your favorite app store. You set up an account And you type in VARVET as your promo code and you can ride for 150 Swedish kroner in Stockholm and Gothenburg. They'll take you places. So thank you Uber for sponsoring the show and thank you listener for trying this code VARVET so the show lives longer. Now let it begin.
1: I think it's very important for women out there, who is ever listening, to just start writing, write the roles, it will get picked up and we can get this made.
0: of Triumph. I'd like to welcome you to Varvet International. Perhaps this is your favorite Swedish podcast with interviews in English. At least I hope so. Now that we're close to 20 episodes, I feel it's time to sort of recap what's been going on here. And so far we've had one of the world's greatest chefs, Three or four actors, approximately four comedians, about five authors, 3.5 music artists and two movie directors. But up until now, we've had zero actors slash medical doctors slash models slash designers who also do charity work on the side. I know it's totally embarrassing, but luckily we came across Fagan Thacker. And there is so much intriguing about her. The fact that she grew up with Indian parents in England, her many jobs... And when I met her, she was on the last round of promotion for Bhopal, A Prayer for Rain, a movie in which she plays against Martin Sheen. And it's about a horrible accident in 1984, a gas leak in Bhopal in India that killed many thousands and injured over half a million people. That's incomprehensible. But people still live with the consequences of this, of course. And she also stars in the upcoming movie Basmati Blues with Donald Sutherland and Brie Larson, among others. Fagan also has a very cool fashion project, so there are millions of things to talk about with this lady. She was uh, kind enough to come visit me on um, one of my latest trips to LA, and this is the result. Roll tape, please. How are you today?
1: I am good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. How do you reply to the, perhaps a little bit insulting question, who are you?
1: That's weird. No one's ever actually, or no, it's not weird, but no one has actually ever asked me that. Who am I? I am many different things, actually. Well, I'm from London. Well, actually, Leicester, which is 100 miles away from london have you been
0: not in leicester no okay
1: mm. i just grew up there and then i went to london to study medicine
0: i've been on leicester square i think
1: okay then uh, no, no that's not that's the same really, thing it's so funny because we had some relatives from um, a different country and they came to my mom and like we want to stay with you guys and they came and stayed in leicester and they're like where's leicester square No, no, no. So people get confused between Leicester and Leicester Square.
0: I was trying to be funny, but uh, obviously people mix that up. Yeah, a lot.
1: So yeah, I moved to London to go to medical college at UCL.
0: At what age?
1: When I was 18. Okay. Yeah. So I studied medicine. The reason I moved to London was the fact that I wanted to be around, like I wanted to act since I was a child, And when I was in Leicester, there was no, you know, I was trying to go to a drama school and there wasn't any drama schools at that point. There was one little theatre community and, you know, I wanted to be in the big city so I could do stuff. So that's why I chose to go to study there And so it's funny, when I started medical college, all my friends, like, they work hard and they play hard. And so they'll really work during the day and then they will just go out crazy during the evenings and weekends. But then I started, like, acting classes during the weekends and the evenings because I wanted to act. But I was there studying at the same time. So that went on and you know, started to do some short films and I was always doing, trying to get any acting experience I could while I was living in London. But it was very difficult because I was studying like a full time, you know, a very full on degree.
0: Yeah, it's so not that was a
1: bit of a challenge at that time.
0: That was sort of interesting, because I asked you who you were. And you sort of told me your background instead.
1: Okay, <laughs> maybe that's
0: the same thing. I'm, I'm not sure.
1: Who am I? I'm an actress. I'm a designer, a fashion designer. I'm a producer.
0: I think you're going to hate me now when I say this. But that's now I asked you who you are <laughs> and you told me what you do instead of who you are. <laughs> but maybe that's the same as well.
1: Maybe. Okay, ask me again. Who are you? Who am I? I am someone who enjoys life, um, that loves traveling that lives in the moment I love being around funny people kind people I love to meditate I love to experience different cultures and live in the cultures and really get down and you know be there yes I'm very also a very focused and ambitious young woman
0: that's fantastic, thank you we we tried four times, <laughs> uh, and finally, it's also a bit judgmental of me to sort of have an opinion about the answer. But it's very interesting because I, since I tend to ask that question, sometimes people want to ask me back, and it's really hard not to fall into mm. stuff that you do or so forth.
1: Exactly, because it becomes a part of you, ingrained in you, right? Oh.
0: Can I just ask you, can I try to pronounce your name and see if yeah. I get it right? Fagan Thakrar.
1: Correct. You said it.
0: Fagan Ivy Thakrar.
1: Well, Or-ish. and now it's funny. It's Fagan Thakrar. Fagan and, Thakrar. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. where. Mm-hmm. What's with the with, with the Ivy?
1: It's my middle name. Okay. Yeah.
0: And sometimes you use that.
1: Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's a very nice name.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: All, all of it. But, so Ivy, someone gave you that? Yes. Okay. When you were born? Uh Uh-huh. All of these names? All
1: of the names when I was born. I had no choice. (laughs) All
0: right. You were born and raised in Leicester. What? What can you tell me about that place?
1: So Leicester is, it's a place where there's a lot of greenery and countryside. And all my family live in Leicester, so it's nice to go home and visit them go to places where i grew up and I have like childhood friends and so my best friend my best friend in the world lives in leicester too so that's nice who's that her name's sophie
0: sophie Mm -hmm. okay what does she do for a living
1: she works at this pharmaceutical company
0: all right cool and were you middle class are you middle class do you have a middle class background
1: what do you think I am? It's
0: so hard for me because I don't know about the English uh, accents really. Right. But something with you tells me that you have a sort of an intellectual background at least. That perhaps your parents are maybe along the lines of maybe doctors, maybe that's why you pursued the, the medical studies you did. Maybe your father is a doctor and your mother is an accountant.
1: Okay that's not correct
0: okay (laughs) so tell me about your parents
1: my parents actually are in business they're in business and my mom actually wanted it's actually with my mom i think she wanted to become a doctor so she kind of pushed me into it as well okay but not only but because i also love sciences and i love like maths and science and i love to help And i love helping people and i was like well what can i do with my subjects that i'm good at and i enjoy and then i like helping people and i was going through all the different you know occupations and i thought medicine would be the right career for me as well so,
0: so at what age did you decide that
1: well in england It's crazy, because at at 16, you have to decide what A-levels you're going to do. Okay. And if you do the wrong A-levels, like if I didn't do science and maths and the subjects that I did take, I wouldn't have been able to apply for medicine at university at the age of 17. So at 16, you have to decide. And I think that's a very young age. Specifically, if you're going to like, oh, I want to be a doctor at 16... You have to know by 16. And I think it's very young. And that's, personally, that's, I feel very strongly about that.
0: How do you think it should work then? That all students like take all subjects up until an an age or?
1: Well, I know over in America, it's very different. You have, you know, you do your, you go into university, you do two years general education, and then you go into your chosen career, So this is, you're about 20, and then you do pre-med, and then you do your medical degree, and you start that after like 21. That's a big difference to 16. As in, when you're 16 and you do other subjects, I mean, there obviously, there is ways of going into it, but it's... Like, you know, I remember 16, I was deciding on what A-levels to do because I I had to think forward and what university I wanted to go to and what I wanted to study. And at 17, I was going into um, hospitals and doing work experience and I was going to nursing homes, learning and, you know, being around helping people out just to gain experience so I could see if I wanted to do it. I went to, I remember, Leicester Royal Infirmary, which I was born actually there. When I did experience at the Leicester Royal Infirmary, I was, how old was I? About 17. And they were pushing us against you know, especially women. They're like, "Well, if you do this degree and then you want to have a baby, it's going to be difficult. You're going to have to take time off, and then you get delayed." And they were kind of discouraging us, which I think is important because you need to know exactly what you're going into. Yeah. So you know, at very what I'm saying at 17, you get all that experience, and I think that's very young to do that kind of experience and oh. to do it's good to do more general education mm. and people then do what they really want to do and at 18 in fact i was in medical school cutting up cadavers
0: Oh, real people
1: dead people dead people yeah, yeah okay yeah dead real people
0: wow but you didn't take the degree or yeah yeah, yeah. okay so you are... If I sort of have a heart failure now, you can fix that?
1: Well, no, I'm not meant to because um, I haven't done all the exams and stuff okay. of the doctors. But I studied it.
0: Did you get to pick a specialty?
1: So No, in England. I, so I don't know how it works here. Or You do a degree. You do your degree, which is six years. And then you register... And then you specialize in your area you decide to. All right. Yeah. But I would have done pediatrician because I like kids. I do too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Kids are fantastic. You said that you sort of, you wanted to act since you were a child.
1: Yes. When I was growing up, watching TV and movies and I've always wanted to act. Yeah.
0: When did you start doing it?
1: When I was born.
0: That's quite interesting. Someone said that when a child smiles at a grown up and they notice that they get a reaction, mm-hmm. that's acting. So we sort of act from the cradle.
1: Yeah, definitely, on. of course. People are acting all the time.
0: What was your first role?
1: I think being a teacher, because I was like, I, can't, I was very young. I don't know, maybe like one. I can't remember so long ago, but I was a teacher and I used to have these like children and I used to call them names at home and I used to be, this is this person, this is this, pe-. and I used to try to teach. I don't know how old I was, but yeah.
0: Did you conduct like amateur theatre? That was at
1: home. That was in my yeah, in my living room. <laughs> I
0: understand that. But, but I mean, in Leicester, did oh, in you? I mean Leicester. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did Shakespeare, I did Hermia in, you know, in I did a lot of Shakespeare characters. That's what we were doing at the theatre. I did a lot of made-up contemporary plays as well. Okay. In Leicester, in Derby, at the Haymarket Theatre, which is now the Curve Theatre in Leicester.
0: So you did that as a teenager? Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool.
1: What and I could, you know, as I, as I mentioned, there wasn't any drama schools specifically in Leicester at that time. So I did whatever I could and get my hands on.
0: Studying to be a doctor is perhaps the, one of the most difficult things you can do, right? Yeah, Study wise. it's difficult. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's a lot of reading and you constantly need to be updated with work.
0: Do you know the names of all the bones in the in the body?
1: Now you're asking me after. Are you going to test me now? Yeah, I don't think you should. That...
0: <laughs> no, no, you don't have to mention all of them. But
1: no, we did. I remember in um, at school we used to have to do these like vir- they, these exams where you have to talk like or the viral exams where you have to go. This is they point to something and you have to say what is it and what is that. So you, you're like, and it's something that you can't. You have to go through and through and through. So it, I remember doing that. I remember doing that at school. So they'll go to where we will have these bodies, dead bodies, and they'll point to things. And we'll have to name everything. I remember, yeah, that was, that was fun.
0: <laughs> Most people haven't seen dead people. I would say that the normal thing is not to have seen, in the Western world, At least,
1: yeah. You know, actually, so the first year is the reason why we do that, and um, a lot of people, a lot of you know, they want to be doctors, and they get into medical college, and we we go and see the dead bodies, and we have to work with them, and there are people at that point of the career that they can't do it, and even in my year, there were three people that dropped out because they couldn't take being around cadavers, dead bodies. It was just so. As you know, to be a doctor, you have to be able to take that. And then some people just can't.
0: Did it affect you in any way the first time you saw that person?
1: Yeah. You know, the smell always used to, like the smell, but you, got, you get used to it after. But yeah, I remember the smell very Is strong. It? And, um, you know, I would just, as soon as that, I would just want to go home and like take a shower. But it was funny because we would have that and then we'll have a lecture So we only have to go to it. And I remember, like, I just want to go home, have a shower and go, you know, go to my lecture the first few times because it's just your national, like your natural instinct to do that. So, yeah, it takes a bit of time.
0: Can you describe the smell?
1: Yeah, you know, there was smell because obviously, you know, these dead bodies, there have to be, you know, frozen and... um, even the room the room smell and a lot of there's a lot of like products like even chemical products and to keep the bodies and it wasn't only the dead smell it was all the different smells and it was really strong i just remembered it to be really like a strong sensational smell it will just stay with you after until you have a shower so you can, sometimes you can't describe the smell no
0: I can imagine with all that Indian hair of yours that it would sort of, like, did it stick?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would want to go and, ha- you know, wash my hair yeah. as well. And I remember it was like the first time I saw the cadavers, it was like like burnt potato skin, you know? That's what, like, that's how I, that's the first thing I noticed. Yeah.
0: So your parents are of Indian ancestry. Are they also born in England?
1: My mom was born in Gujarat, in India.
0: Okay. And your dad?
1: My dad was born in Uganda, in Africa.
0: Okay. But he, he is Indian?
1: Yes, he oh, is. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: But, I mean, you you grew up in England.
1: I did, yeah. Born and brought up.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your parents are sort Indian, of... Indian, yeah. yeah. Are you bilingual? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what languages do you speak?
1: I speak English, Gujarati... Hindi. You're trilingual. Udu.
0: Four for lingual. <laughs> Quadrilingual.
1: And a bit of Punjabi.
0: F- and I'm
1: trying to learn Arabic too.
0: Did you get to speak some Arabic in, on the way here with the with the dry U- Uber with guy. the Ubud
1: guy? He was talking to me. He was from Bangladesh. Okay. So he's speaking to me in Hindi. So I had a conversation with him in Hindi. Okay. Yeah.
0: And that worked out for you. Yeah. Is Hindi or one of your stronger suits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fantastic. At some point, you chose between a medical career and being an actor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you had to choose.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Can you tell me about that process?
1: Yeah, because being a doctor is a way. It's not just a profession. It's a way of life. You have to give everything. You have to be on top. You have to be updated. You need to be reading every night. And I feel like if you want to be, you know, if you want to do something, you need to be the best at anything you do. Well, I have so many ambitions and so many creative ambitions that, you know, I love to do and that I'm very passionate about. And I made that choice that I would want to do this because I think medicine, as I mentioned, you need to just be focused on that. You can't be like... I'm, as a doctor, I'm, you know, by the way, patient, I'm just going to go off and do a a movie for three months. I'll be back, you know, and hopefully you're okay. I mean, so it's, like, other things, like, I'm a designer, and I design, when I'm at home, I design, I produce at the same time. There's so many things that you can do together. I don't think medicine and acting go well together Mm -hmm. at the same time.
0: I understand that. But, I mean, what was compelling to you with being a doctor? Was it like to heal people or to help people?
1: You know, I love sciences and I was good at them and maths. And I wanted to learn about the human body. I found it very fascinating. And I want to learn about the brain and the heart. And at the same time then like, why not just do, you know, like a human biology course. But at the same time, I love helping people. And I read the course, you know, I did a lot of, I did lots of research before I went into university and every course in every university. And specifically, I really wanted to go to UCL and study medicine because I liked the way they had the course. And everything about the course was really interesting and I wanted to do it, yeah.
0: Now it sounded sort of what was driving you was that, A, that you could be good at something, and B, that you could help people. You sort of seem to be a really responsible person. You are like a spokesperson for this Sahara project Mm -hmm. and so forth. Is it like that you sort of chose between, well, I can be a doctor and help these many people, or I can be a celebrity via... Like being an actor and perhaps be a spokesperson and do stuff on a bigger scope, but still helping people—is that still a driving force for
1: you? Yeah, of course. That's why I do a lot of charity work. I, you know, I work with the Sahara Shelter Organisation. You know, I love to do movies that have a message, and that's really important to me. And I, you know, I mean, yeah, I love the commercial movies and that, but these movies are very important and they help. Even this movie I'm currently promoting, Bhopal, A Prayer for Rain, that is, you know, just people to know what happened in Bhopal because Bhopal was a tragedy. 10,000 people died on that night. But then it's another tragedy that is still going on. I know we're digressing into that subject now. But, um, you know, as an actor, there's a way of reaching people by storytelling. And I think storytelling is the most powerful tool for people to understand what is going on in the world raise to raise awareness would you read an article would you even read some people read you know watch the news some people just turn off the news now they don't want to read but they'll still go and see a a film i you know i've done i've done a few movies now that have important messages everyone comes out of the, the cinema going wow I've just learned so much. And I, in one way, I feel a very fulfillment when people say that with my work.
0: But the Bhopal movie, was that shot recently? Or did you film that like a few years ago?
1: Yeah, we shot it um, some time ago and then we reshot it and we reshot it because it was a very delicate subject and we had to be very careful on everything. So we had to go back and, you know, I know there was a lot of extra and they had to change a lot of scenes with Martin Sheen. Okay. Because the first time they did the movie, Martin Sheen's character, who you know, he plays Warren Anderson, came across as such a good person. It looked like it's everyone else's fault and not his fault. Okay. And the Indian government would be like, I mean, there's local people in Bhopal were like, giving me and all the other cast members like threatening emails saying you're part of this movie we're not gonna let this release because they thought they we were making the movie but actually they thought it was like a you know like the Union carbide have paid for the movie to get it made on one side. So you know so that's why we had to go and reshoot the movie a few times to make it look a certain way the truth way.
0: Yeah. That's super interesting that that it came such a long way before someone realized that. How could that happen even? When you read it the first time, were you sort of feeling that the horrible magnitude of this, what do you call it? Disaster. Crime? Exactly. Thank you. Wasn't it depicted truly in your opinion?
1: Yeah, at the moment is, it's very bad. I mean, it's very, you watch the movie and you can see exactly What is going on? And I think it's very, very truthful. We've had people who are survivors watching it. It's funny, we just had a screening in New York. A woman came to it. And the Q&A, she put her hand up. She goes, my dad was the boss of Warren Anderson. Okay. And she was about, what, 70 years old? She was like, he was a really nice guy. So in the movie, Martin Sheen plays him extremely like a nice guy. That was the problem because it became, you know, he plays him very nice because he was a nice guy, maybe, you know, what they were saying, but this actually ended up, it did happen. You know, 10,000 people died yeah, and people are still dying. So it's not just black or white. It's grey.
0: That Anderson character, is he still alive?
1: Actually, he just died like last week. It was all over the news. Uh-huh,
0: okay. So he didn't get to see it?
1: He didn't get to see the movie, I know.
0: Was it filmed in India?
1: Yes, it was filmed in India uh, in, in a few other locations. It was filmed in Hyderabad in India, in Ramoji studio, which is one of the biggest studios in Asia. It was shot in Bhopal. It was shot in Mumbai. It was shot in Los Angeles.
0: You've sort of starred in Indian productions as well, right?
1: Yes, I have.
0: Have you gone to India during your upbringing as well?
1: Oh, yes. I love India. Okay. Oh, it's amazing. I have a lot of family. A lot of, I have a lot of friends now. I love to go to India. I love the culture. I love just being in the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I go in the often.
0: It's a huge country. It yes. has a great population.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As I mentioned before, I, I interviewed Kathleen Moran. She wrote a book called How to Be a Woman. And she talks about stuff that she experienced during her youth, sort mm-hmm. of, and then her sort of re- reflections on that. And she said that, well, this is such a easy form to do a book. Anyone could do it. And I would love if a young woman in India would do this book as well, because there are, it's such a horrible time to be a young woman in India.
1: Right, yeah, like, I was in India when, like, we're talking about all these, these subjects, but, yeah, I was in India in 2012, December, and this woman got, I mean, you must have heard about it, this woman getting raped in Delhi like a gang raped you know she got kidnapped on a bus and there was like 6 7 guys raping her and then you know she ended up dying like a, after after a few days i think um being a woman a young woman in india it is difficult it's always been difficult but you have to live your life at the end of the day and it's you know, being a woman anywhere in the world, there's, it's a way and you have to deal with these issues.
0: Do you have a positive scope on that? Is it possible to sort of, will we, will we see sort of a feminist India during our of course, lifetime?
1: Of like it's changing. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. as we speak every second you know every it is I think it's women are coming more strongly on boards and in our industry in different industries like women are coming more and more you know important important positions their voices are being heard it's changing it's it's not it's a it's something that will happen over time and I and I'm really a very strong believer in that and encourager.
0: Do you think that we will see equality between sexes in, oh, yeah, for in, sure. in, in England in England in our lifetime.
1: Yes, I think you will. I mean come on, like in England we had Margaret Thatcher. She's a woman prime minister. We've had the Queen. We have the Queen. We might get a woman president here in America. I feel things are changing and it's just a matter of time. You know, I went to this conference that Gina Davis hosted and it was talking about gender inequality in cinema. And what I think it's important that I discovered, and we need more women writing the stories. It's about and There are, you know, at the moment there are few, but in comparison, it's not. You can't compare. You know, a lot of movies do well like action movies men action movies we need to get I think more women roles to get so I think I really encourage writers out there even you know that made me inspired to write my own script so instead of just waiting around getting roles getting female good strong roles not just the victims I think it's very important for women out there who is ever listening to just start writing, write the roles. it will get picked up, and we can get this made.
0: absolutely throughout the whole spectrum, there should be more women of course and that's I' um,
1: portrayed a certain way in stronger characters, not just the weak characters, and women in power, women who have who carry the whole story in film.
0: What are your current projects now?
1: I've just finished a film with Donna Sutherland and Brie Larson, Tyne Daly and Scott Bakula in a movie called Basmati Blues. It's about genetically modified rice. Okay. It's coming out next summer.
0: That sounds strange.
1: It's actually very interesting. Okay. It's good it sounds strange because what do you want? Something that you've heard before. <laughs> And had again and again. You want want movies that are different. Yeah. Yeah. So you should go and see it.
0: Yeah. I I most definitely will. So you've written a script.
1: Yeah, I'm writing one right now. Okay.
0: For yourself to direct.
1: I don't know. What would happen? It's good probably not to know until it's done. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm putting that down on the list of secret topics with you. (laughs) Along with the class thing. Class. Yeah, I was curious about if you were middle class.
1: Oh, you know, I don't... I don't know. I just feel... does it Again, like, some things, does it matter if I was working class, middle class, or high class? Really, does it matter? It's a judgment, I feel. People are brought up a certain way and they become someone else. You can be born in a high class and then end up in a lower class. You can be born in a low class and end up in a high class. I just don't think this, it doesn't really matter.
0: That's very And I don't
1: even know, actually. Okay. What are you depending that on money? Are you saying how rich people were, how rich my family are, or how rich I am? Or are you relating on... So I awesome. feel I can't answer that because I don't know. And I don't think money is a tool to give that definition of your lower or middle or high class I just feel whoever I meet I I meet them I don't ask their age I don't ask their where they you know their are you from a higher lower middle background I just meet them and if I like them I want to continue talking to them and yeah I like to live in the moment.
0: That's a fantastic philosophy. I'm jealous with you for that, for living your life that way and being curious that way. I don't know why I keep bringing up the question of class, because in a way, I hope that you are right, that it doesn't matter. In a way, perhaps I think it does matter because it might say something about what chances you had. Growing up, and how hard you had to struggle to get there where you are. I'm not sure. Maybe it's easier for someone who comes from an intellectual background to pursue medical studies than someone whose parents work with repairing cars or washing cars or something like that. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, no, I, I yeah, that I agree with. But I'll tell you, I have no doctors in my family, number one. So I, got into medicine learning everything by myself yeah I didn't have anyone to hook me up in a hospital or give me any of that I had to go and write all my letters to every place to get experience I have not one actor family contact I'm the first actor in my family and it has it's not easy it's not like you just wake up and you're a movie star takes a lot of effort and time and training to become someone you know it's it's a working process and i'm still climbing climbing up the ladder but yeah i i agree if you have if your father's an actor in india actually you know there's a lot of families that their kids just get everything given to them and they and some of them if they're not good it's fine because they get one film after another film after another film and Yeah, I look at that and I'm like, wow, you know, because we have to build these contacts and work extremely hard to get to places instead of just get given to us. So, yeah, I mean, that's really, it is, it's a very, it's a tough profession if you don't have family members, which I don't. And, but I think, I believe if you have the talent, you can shine.
0: Would it be really strange if I asked you to explain, is it called castes, the caste system?
1: Oh, right, yeah.
0: It's a hierarchy, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some people aren't even in that scope, right? So there's outcasts Mm -hmm. at the bottom, sort of. I don't know that I would say that it's a good system, but would you, who have more insight to it, Would you say that there are just cons or pros and cons?
1: Okay, so you asked me about the... Before you asked me about the higher, middle, lower class. This is how I feel about this question too, about caste, It happened a very long time ago.
0: Is it non-existent now?
1: No, it still exists in some places in India. But not where I'm living or I'm dealing with. It's again very... You know, in the olden times we had the different classes, we had different you know, we have that you if you're the guru, you're the guru. If you're like the Luana caste, which is like the second, you are the business family. If you are the cleaners, you're at the bottom and you've got the you only clean and you marry within the right caste system, you don't go up or down. And that happened a long time ago. But now we live in this world where Everything, it, you know, th- this to me, the higher, lower class, working class doesn't matter to me. To me, the caste system, again, is just something that happened a long time ago. So when you're born now, people are not born into. I've born into a cleaning family, and the only thing I'm going to do is be a cleaner. People work. There's education. You know, everyone gets educated in in the world. You know, I'm mean, not in the world, but. Where in England, everyone's been educated. You get a fair education. So you can have someone who was a, from a cleaning family go and get education and become like a lawyer or engineer or doctor or accountant. And there we go. You are at a... And now they have kids. Are you a cleaner? Are you? Would you still say you're a cleaner? No. You're... Kids of a, a lawyer, and I really believe in the people that level are encouraged to education is very important, and it's all changed, it's all changed.
0: Yeah, do you feel that you have a nationality?
1: What do you mean, in terms of what, what I have a nationality? Yeah, I,
0: I guess that you are an English or a British citizen, but yeah, but I am. does is that important to you? Well,
1: I, it's funny, I have a British passport. I have a green card, so I can work in America. I also have an Indian visa, so I can work in India. And I travel between the UK, and I work there. I travel to here, to America. And I travel to India, and I work in India, and it's great. I And I spend a lot of time in Europe, in France. I love travelling, and I'm always travelling, and I just feel like... When I'm in England, I love watching football and I'm there with all my friends, you know, watching football. It's all like the World Cup and like... What's your your team? Chelsea. And I like Leicester football, Leicester as well. Obviously, I was born in Leicester. so. But then when I'm in America, I'm like supporting basketball and now I know how to like, you know, I know all the like the rules and everything and I follow basketball. And when I'm in India... It's all about cricket. So when I'm in India, I'm following all the cricket. So it's great. I love being in different places. I love having different experiences. And different. Every way is different. Every sport in every different country is different. Like football here is not a big deal. Cricket here is not a big deal. But cricket in India, it's a huge thing. And I just love seeing the differences. I love experiencing different people, the different food, the different way people are. In India makes me laugh. Everyone's always late.
0: Can you tell me about your fashion project?
1: Yes so I have a fashion project and um, I love designing. I used to design a lot of clothes and I used to wear them and people were like where did you get this from? I'm like oh no it's my design because I would when I was growing up I would you know I couldn't like afford all these amazing clothes that I wanted and I was like you know what let me just design my own clothes and every time I'd wear it people were just asking me like I want that so there was this something I started making a bag like a little clutch that I wanted to wear and I, I went I went to Gucci I went to Prada I went to Chanel and none of them had this what I wanted so I created my own piece And I wear it out. I wear it at the events. I was at the you know I was at the Oscar wins and I was in Cannes Film Festival and I would get like women and celebrities coming up to me and going, Wow, where do I get this from? And, you know, very high profile women. You know, it's very high end yeah, my fashion it, line
0: it's done completely out of diamonds yes at least yes it Gems is. or yeah. stones
1: so people were just oh i want this i want this so i didn't want to make it into a business i had no plan of making this into a business but it just happened and it's great i have like a backload of orders if you want one you have to wait like four months at least but I want to keep it small and niche, and I don't want to like have a mass and mass line and disturb my quality so of my fashion line. So it's it's kept small, it's kept a certain way. It's by word of mouth,
0: and, and, and yeah, and, it's
1: doing really well. And everyone gets just fascinated when they see it.
0: You have to do something about the website. It's not working. It will be soon
1: yeah because i have new i have a new whole range which is getting done and it will be called www.fagancollection.com
0: thank you are you a feminist yes do you feel beautiful yes has it always been like that
1: i mean you have your days yeah but i think it's more about inside how you feel inside matters it's not about the outside
0: when I did research uh, about you, it was like, oh, she's so super hot, she's super sexy, she's, and so forth. Does that affect you in any way?
1: Well, funny enough, like the roles, some of, some of the roles I've played are very de glam and very, like my role in Bopal, it's very, <laughs> the director was like, no, go back, make it look more, you know, uglier, put more like dark, make it, you know. Like, I feel like as an actor, you have, to, you have to be very comfortable in yourself to go into certain places and not look beautiful. So it's nice when people do, and it's nice when you, when you go to events, you can do that, but you also need to be able to be comfortable in your own skin and be comfortable to be able to look a certain way.
0: Yeah, but have you always been perceived as beautiful?
1: No, no, I haven't. I still wear glasses you know I Th- mean that it's make
0: you look ugly
1: no I mean what I'm what I'm saying is it's about how you dress and how much how you perceive yourself I could be walking in, in my and people my friends laugh at me because I'm walking in like big jogging bottoms with my hoodie and no makeup and my hair's all messy and I like to hang out like that, you know, my friends like, oh, you know, And then, you know, then next day they see me like all differently. It's just I'm, so, I'm the same person.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I
1: love actually sometimes deglamming. you know, it's sort of nice to just be at home and comfortable. And, you know, just when you want to go out, you don't need to look a certain way. You know, I don't like to spend time sometimes. It's just nice to go out and not care
0: but you don't mind being objectified in that way no what's your greatest fear
1: i don't really have a fear at the moment i think you're fearful when you're insecure life is like a it's a, you know you have your ups you have your downs but as long as you know and you you know i do i do meditate a lot and i think it really helps the person you know if you have something that's great happen to you you don't just, like, take advantage of it because it's the same thing as if something really bad happened to you. You don't, like, go down into that road. You have to stay a certain level, you know, and be on that level, and I think that's really important. And I do this uh, meditation with this art of living, and there's this guru, his name is Ravi Shankar. So, you know, he talks about that a lot, actually, how you don't, if something great happens, you don't go, wow, this has happened to me, it's amazing. And I think, you know, with some actors and celebrities, you know, you sometimes get carried away. So when you go to your lower points, it affects you. You know, it affects you. And I don't think, you know, if things happen, great. If they don't happen, oh, great, you know. You don't take it too much to heart.
0: Would you like to recommend anything, something, anything?
1: I recommend you go and see this movie, La Pray for Rain, which is out soon in the US. I recommend you go and see Vast Blues, which is out soon. I recommend you be happy and live in the moment and just have fun.
0: Very good. Thank you. Who do you think I should interview on Varvatore?
1: I think you should interview like upcoming talent. You know, there's so many of them that are just awesome. Give me a name. There's so many, and that's why you don't. You know, there's so many people, and I'm like, I listen to their music, I'm like, wow, and I see them act, I'm like, wow, but you don't really know their name because they're not out there too much. You know what I mean? So, just doing some more research, really. I should go. I'll, you know what? I'll email you the names who I think I should go back and. Where I listen to their songs or seen them, seen their work, and find their names, and I'll give you them.
0: Do you promise that?
1: Yes, I can do that okay. for sure.
0: All right, then. Thank, thank you, you so much for your time. Thank you. It was super strange.
1: No, 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 it wasn't.
0: The second strangest interview that you've ever done.
1: No, I think this would be the strangest now. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fagen Thacker, in her strangest interview to date. I'm sort of proud of that. You can follow Fagan Thacker in social media. I'm sure she would appreciate that. I would appreciate it. And I would also appreciate if you would follow Varvit pod. That's Varvet pod on Instagram and Twitter. And myself is Triumph, T-R-I-U-M-F. I'd like to thank Uber, and all the Swedish listeners can use this code VARVET to get a first trip of 150 kroner for free. VARVET International is uh, made by me, Christoph Tjumpf, and my editor, Lovisa Olsson, and my producer, Christina Jarling Biro. And the theme song is made by myself and Maria Marcus. Thank you for listening. Uh, Talk to you in two weeks. Bye-bye.